This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Okay, I know this is not my usual routine, but this time we are going to just jump into the story. This is a lengthy story, and I really want to get to the whole thing. And the studio spiders are totally giving me the stink eye right now, so I know they are just waiting to interrupt me. So we're just going to jump right in. Our story is called Through the Ages with the Sleep Time Machine. Take it away, Isley. Remember, there is no pictures. You have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, let's go. Lambden's head sank into the hoof he'd propped up on his school desk. He was in Woolcraft's class, and his teacher, Mr. Hoofminster, was droning in front of the chalkboard. When you wash your crafting wool, agitate it gently. Then air dry completely in partial sunlight for 37 hours. Lambden fought the urge to close his eyes, but not valiantly. His head sank lower on his hoof, and he felt his eyes ease shut. Lambden, excuse me, Lambden. Lambden was dreaming. In his dream, a tiny goat wearing elfin clothing and boots with curled toes was barking at him. Lambden. Horse flies were buzzing Lambden. around, giggling. <laughs> they weren't actual horse flies. They were tiny horses with wings. Lambden. Lambden felt a nudge, and he startled awake. Huh? Mr. Hoofminster was standing over him, glowering. His classmates were giggling. Lambden, is there something sleep-inducing about a lecture on woolen crafts? Because in my estimation, it is a riveting topic. Uh, yes. I I mean, no, sir. All right, then. Mr. Hoofminster continued his lecture. Once the wool is dry, you will get out your spinning wheel and carefully wrap... Lambden focused on keeping his eyes open. Time seemed to be melting forward. After school, he coasted through dinner, barely keeping his head from dropping into his alfalfa pasta. Then... Finally, it was time for bed. As he brushed his teeth, Lambden calmed, just imagining himself settled into his seat on the sleep train, his beloved sleep train, the one that lulled him to sleep after a series of strange yet hypnotically relaxing spectacles. Lambden set down his toothbrush, fluffed his wool a few times, and clomped to his bed. It was summer, and the window was ajar. A breeze carried a faint whiff of his sister's toothpaste and hoof lotion. 
She was probably already settled into her train car. Lambden smiled to himself as he peeled back his pillow to reveal a button. Ah, his button. It gleamed in the moonlight. This button had delivered him to incredible sleep journeys countless times. Sitting through the lecture on Woolcrafts had been more than worth it if it meant he could press his beloved. A bird flew in the open window and smacked Lambden in the eye. Ow! As Lambden rubbed his wounded eye, he saw with his good one that the bird was not a bird at all. It was a mouse wearing a jetpack. The mouse fizzled onto the bed, panting. Sorry, the steering on this thing could use some work. It's still in beta. Lambden was still feeling a stinging sensation. The tiny mouse stood shakily and smiled at Lambden, as if she hadn't just flown into his room uninvited. What are you doing here? Lambden said, trying to quell his rising annoyance. Oh, of course. Here you go. The mouse opened her fanny pack and withdrew a shiny button perched on its own dainty little pillow. Ta-da! This is your button. Lambden groaned. No. He'd been hoping, irrationally, that this jetpack-wearing mouse had flown into his room by accident, utterly coincidental to his plans to press the sleep train button beneath his pillow. But no. This mouse had been sent by the sleep crew, which could only mean one thing. What's wrong with the sleep train? Lambden asked, his eyes narrowing. The mouse's smile waned. What's wrong? Yes. Nothing. It's perfectly fine. Good. Then I will press my usual button, Lambden said and put his hoof out. Oh, wait. Lambden stopped short his injured eye twitching. There is one thing I guess you could say is wrong with the sleep train. Lambden blinked. It already left. The mouse shrank away from Lambden, hiding beneath his blanket. Impossible. Lambden's eyes darted to the clock on the wall. It should be boarding. The mouse's voice was muffled from behind the blanket. It left early. Lambden's stomach dropped. What did you just say? Uh, you didn't get the memo. The memo? The memo, yes. It was sent to everyone, except a very special select group of 25 passengers. Lambden felt ill. He imagined himself tossing and turning all night long. This was a disaster. You know what? I think I should have explained this a different way. I'm getting the sense you're upset. Of course I am upset. My night is ruined. Yes, I should have communicated this differently. Let's, uh, pretend we just went back in time. Forget everything that just happened in the last three minutes. Lambden glared at the mouse and shook his head. Then he reached out and pressed his usual button, the one beneath his pillow. A great... Click came from the button. The mouse went on. 
You are one of just 25 carefully selected passengers with the opportunity of a lifetime to join the sleep crew on the inaugural voyage of the, wait for it, sleep time machine. The mouse flung her paws in the air with these last few words. Lambden scowled. She slowly dropped her paws. Sleep? Time machine? Yes! Lambden felt a seed of annoyance sprout in his neck, spread upward, and blossom in his brain. I'll go on the sleep cruise. Lambden pressed his button again, knowing it was a futile act. It's out of service. The sleep plane. Currently in Australia. <sighs> okay, the sleep submarine. Rented out for a conference. The sleep bus? That's not a thing. Yet. Lambden sighed. He pounded his hoof against his button. You might want to go easier on that. Time machine? Seriously? The mouse smiled again and held up the new button in her paws. How does that button even work? It's not attached to anything. Magic and science. Sciencey magic, magical science. Lambden felt a knot of worry forming in his tummy. The mouse gazed up at him with big, adorable eyes. Lambden hit his own button again several times for good measure. I think, I think you just broke that button. Ah, of course. He turned away from his mangled, useless button and back to the mouse. Please tell me the sleep time machine does not actually travel through time. It travels through time. Ugh! Lambden could not press that button. Time travel was way too risky. The sleep crew had made a number of questionable decisions in the past. Flouted safety standards, rushed a product to market... They cannot possibly be trusted with something as dangerous as time travel. At the same time, Lambden had to press the button. The thought of enduring even one night without a sleep journey, spending hours tossing and turning, his mind never quieting. The mouse was smiling at him sweetly. Lambden was suddenly aware of the clock on his wall. Its ticking grew louder, seeming to fill the room. All aboard. I repeat, the sleep time machine is now boarding. Lambden's heart leapt at hearing the towering moose's voice. It emanated from the new button, the one the mouse held out for Lambden on the tiny pillow. Final call for the magical sleep time machine, provided via an exclusive partnership with Peaceful Time Travel Incorporated. Lambden cast a look at the tiny mouse. Peaceful Time Travel Incorporated. My mom's company. The sleep crew didn't make the time machine? Oh no, my mom invented the technology herself. And they only do peaceful trips. No T-Rexes or anything. The sleep crew did not make the time machine. They were just leasing it. A bell chimed. This is the absolute final call for boarding the sleep time machine. Press 
your garden precisely now, or be doomed to a sleepless night. And Lambden reached out his hoof and pressed the new button. A great swirling cloud streamed upwards. He hit the ground with a thud. Every time the sleep crew provided a temporary button, there was a glitch in the process, and this one left Lambden's backside sore as he stood up. He had landed in the middle of a forest. It was dark, except for the moonlight filtering down through the canopy, bathing the woods in a soft glow. He took a few cautious steps and saw something glint in his periphery. Huh, there was an enormous elevator at the base of an oak tree. The towering moose stood before the doors, speaking with a squirrel. We're just waiting on one passenger. She should be here any moment. The squirrel nodded and slipped inside the elevator. Lambden stepped closer and a twig snapped beneath his hoof. The towering moose's eyes met his in the darkness. Confusion washed over her features. Lambden? Lambden stepped forward. I'm here for the sleep time machine, I guess. Oh, Lambden. Is there something wrong? Dear me, what a profound debacle. We have a new temporary button installation contractor, and I just knew they'd make an error in the process. I'm not sure I under- Our final passenger was meant to be your sister. My sister? Yes, yes. I suppose, given the proximity of your pillows, there was a mix-up. I'm so sorry, Lambden, but we cannot bring you on this miraculous time-traveling sleep journey. Goodbye. The towering moose opened the door to what Lambden now understood was the time machine, and she hit a button to close the doors. Lambden could see inside. There were about two dozen pajama-clad animals sitting in comfortable-looking seats. Some looked like they were already asleep. A squirrel and a mouse stood at the back, chatting with one another. Martleby flitted about, handing out blankets. The towering moose hit the door's close button for a second time. Wait, wait, why can't I come? What is wrong with this button? Mouse? Seriously, I'm right here. I want to come. Mouse? Hello? Technical assistance, please. Please, Lambden groaned. The towering moose finally met Lambden's insistent gaze. Lambden, we hoof-selected these passengers. They're our most serious sleepers. This sleep journey is a new frontier for us. A lot hinges on the success of this trip. Your sister is one of our sleepiest customers. You, on the other hand... Well, we've had our trials. Why is this door not closing? Trials? I can see how maybe the mouse appeared. Sorry about that. I'll fix the button now. No problem. 
Lambden consciously set aside his concerns about what a defective button might mean for the rest of the time machine's functionality. As the mouse focused on the button, Huh, looks like it's stuck with something like chewing gum. Lambden focused on the towering moose. What motivated her? The clouds in the dark sky suddenly shifted, and the moon burst into view like a light bulb switching on. Lambden locked eyes with the moose. I'll give you a glowing testimonial. The moose's nostrils flared. Five stars, no matter my experience, and I'll write a lengthy review with lots of adjectives like marvelous and otherworldly. And I'll be sure to mention the unparalleled tour guide. The moose's eyes gleamed at this. But she said nothing. Lambden felt the shadow of a sleepless night looming over him. I'll say anything you want. The moose put a hoof to her chin, thinking. The mouse popped up, grinning. It's fixed. See? Before Lambden could speak further, the mouse pressed the button to close the doors, and they instantly moved, the gap between them vanishing. But just before the doors closed completely, a large hoof appeared between them. The doors opened. Welcome aboard, Lambden. Please take your seat and prepare for departure. Lambden settled in and fastened his seatbelt. Martleby made a beeline to him, having already distributed the rest of the blankets. Fuzzy, weighted, or recycled fleece. Waited, please, thank you. Delilah's mist machine emitted a fine spray that gave the time machine the calming scent of pine trees. The time machine was a large metal box with windows on each side. There was what looked like a control center on one wall. The tiny mouse who had flown into Lambden's room with the jetpack was sitting at a desk, typing. The larger mouse, who could only be the tiny mouse's mother, the inventor of the time machine, stood holding a remote control. She was talking animatedly with the squirrel. Guess, hello. Most of the passengers were teetering on the edge of sleep, as they were the most serious sleep animals of all. At the sound of the moose's voice, they nodded awake, rubbing their eyes. We are about to embark on the most incredible, most miraculous, most otherworldly. At that word, the moose winked at Lambden. Most boundary-breaking sleep experience to be attempted in all of history. What does she mean attempted? Is this not guaranteed? The animals shifted in their seats. Each and every one of you, with one very minor exception, the moose glanced at Lambden, were hoof selected for this paralyzingly sleep-inducing experience. You have been selected for the extremity of your seriousness in the realm of sleep. Before opening the sleep time machine to a broad customer base, we want you our most loyal, most important sleep guests, to be the very first to enjoy this life-changing event. 
Our gratitude to you truly knows no bounds. The passengers smiled shyly at one another, secure in the knowledge that they, and only they, were the most qualified sleepers in the region, perhaps the world. Now then, the moose went on, Martleby, hook up the monitors. Martleby began making his way through the passengers, affixing little square monitor tabs to their heads. Soon, every passenger, Lambden included, had a tab stuck to them. What is this for? Asked a curious iguana, scrabbling at the tab with a claw. Yeah, why are you monitoring us? Asked a scowling mongoose. Never mind the monitors. They are barely there after all. Such a small insignificance. But the data they will provide us will be invaluable. With them, we will be able to demonstrate with complete confidence the power of the sleep time machine to induce sleep quickly and comfortably. A bespectacled tortoise stretched his head away from his shell. By hoof-selecting, as you say, the best sleepers of the bunch, you are skewing your data. We'll all fall asleep, even if we don't travel through time. You'd get better data if you randomly assign the animals to each of... (sighs) Wilfred, my dear, I had no idea you took an interest in science. What an enriching hobby, the moose said, shaking her head in wonder. I've been a research scientist for 65 years. All right, I think it's time to travel through time. Travel through time. It became clear the moose wanted the animals to join her, and they began to fall in line. The monitors were forgotten. It was time to go. The mouse and squirrel made their way to the front. Hello. Welcome, everyone. We are Mouse and Squirrel, and we are thrilled to partner with the sleep crew to bring you a peaceful time-travel sleep journey. Lambden felt the tension in his limbs fall away. Mouse and Squirrel struck him as trustworthy. It was a relief, given that in the excitement of the last hour, he'd barely given a thought to the logistical concerns of time travel. Our time machine is truly state-of-the-art, and we've only created duplicates a couple of times here and there, Mouse said, grinning. Squirrel cringed. We've all wanted a twin at one time or another, haven't we? Duplicates? What does that mean? Lambden wondered. Now then, enough of all that, the moose said, gesturing for Mouse and Squirrel to get a move on. Mouse and Squirrel transport us through the ages. Calming music drifted from speakers arranged throughout the cabin. The animals snuggled beneath their blankets. Mouse pressed some buttons on her keypad. A slight rumbling began that rocked the passengers in their seats. A robotic voice drifted through the speakers. Time travel in progress. Time travel. The windows of the time Time machine expanded, 
and the view of the trees disappeared, replaced by a deep navy blue darkness. There were a few more seconds of movement, then the rumbling came to a stop. Time travel completed. The animals gazed out the windows. The time machine had been deposited onto an icy tundra. Shrubs and grasses dotted the barren landscape. It was twilight, and the moon was just a soft glow behind the misty clouds. Guess we have just traveled back in time 15,472.78 years. We are now in Europe, towards the end of the last... Ice Age. Wow. I didn't think we'd actually go anywhere. Believe it or not, in our time, the site you see before you is a shopping mall. I love malls. Can we stop there next? I need some new loungewear. Lambden felt a jolt of adrenaline as he realized the time machine had worked. He sat up straight, all his drowsiness evaporating as he gazed through the windows of the metal box. His seatmate, a ferret, was already snoring beside him. Lambden noticed the monitor on the ferret's head was coming unstuck. Guess you will now see our very first sleep performance on this time-traveling journey. Drink up that gauzy moon and nestle further beneath your blankets. This is a spectacle you would be unable to view from any other sleep journey, least of all on our competitors' sleep vehicles. Competitors? Lambden wondered. There was a hushed silence as the tundra itself seemed to anticipate the performance. Lambden saw Mouse and Squirrel smile at one another. A large, lumbering creature appeared. It was massive and furry, and it had an enormous, fierce-looking horn jutting from its head, with a smaller horn just behind it. It's a rhinoceros! Rhinoceri thrill me! cried a theatrical porcupine. It's a woolly rhinoceros, noted Wilfred, the research scientist. Another woolly rhinoceros appeared, and another... The three of them surrounded the time machine, their fur whipping in the breeze. They stood still, as if waiting for something. Suddenly, there was a rush of movement on the rhinoceros's horns. Sleek, reddish creatures with long, bushy tails began leaping, one by one, from the rhinoceros's smaller horns, then swooping off the ends of the larger horns. They were foxes, scruffy, wind-swept little foxes with teeth that glinted in the moonlight. They were playing what looked to be ancient flutes. Once on the ground, the foxes scurried up to jump onto the woolly rhino's backs. Once more, there was a pattern to the swooping, a lilting pattern that had a hypnotic effect on the time machine passengers. Lambden felt his eyes shutting, even as he willed them to remain open. He could not possibly fall asleep this soon. He felt a slight itchiness where the monitor tab stuck to his forehead, and the sensation woke him up. 
He scratched absently as he watched the strange performance. Next to him, the ferret stirred and put a paw to his head, scratching where the monitor tab stuck to it. As quickly as the performance began, it ended. The foxes made their final swoops off the ends of the rhinoceros's horns and disappeared from view. The rhinoceroses lumbered away, their tails swishing in the wind. A chorus of yawns traveled through the rows of seats. Lambden continued to scratch unthinkingly at the wool on his head. And he noticed the other animals were scratching their heads as well. Guests, wasn't that simply beyond? The towering moose nodded at Mouse, and she tapped something into her keypad. The soft rumbling began once more. The passengers scratched their heads with greater enthusiasm. Time travel in progress. Time travel in... Time travel completed. Guess we have now arrived in a time long past. A time you could never expect to reach without our exclusive partnership with Peaceful Time Traveling Corp. What is going on? The sounds of claws, hoofs, and nails scratching against fur, wool, and hair filled the time machine. Outside the time machine, a parade of extinct animals began to pass by the windows. It was an actual parade, with floats and bands and animals waving streamers in the air. Lambden saw a dodo bird and a stegosaurus pass by, but the sleep time machine passengers barely noticed. Inside, chaos broke out. Animals leapt from their seats, all of them wide awake now, scratching furiously at their monitor tabs. The itch! It overwhelms the senses! cried the theatrical porcupine. Lambden heard Squirrel whisper to Mouse, It's a monitor tab adhesive. It's giving them hives. The towering moose stood on a seat to survey the damage. Tear off the monitors, Martleby. I repeat, tear Martleby off swiftly the flitted around the cabin, tearing monitor tabs off the animals, taking off a bit of fur in the process. But his job was mostly done for him, as the passengers were ripping the monitor tabs off themselves at a frantic pace. At last, Every animal had freed themselves from the wretched monitor tabs. The towering moose looked around the cabin of the time machine. My data. Your data were highly compromised to begin with, Wilfred noted, still scratching at his own head. The moose ignored him. Outside, the parade of extinct animals continued. The time machine was taut with anxiety as the animals tried to settle. Many still had fierce red hives covering their heads. How would they ever fall asleep now? Lambden noticed Mouse and Squirrel chatting to one another. They smiled and nodded. Mouse scampered to the front. 
I can fix this, she declared. They all watched Mouse tap something into her keypad. The parade of extinct animals faded into a deep, navy darkness. Time travel in progress. Time travel in... Time travel completed. Guests, hello. The towering moose's voice filtered through the cabin of the time machine. Delilah's mist machine emitted a fine spray of pine tree scent. Every passenger was seated. The mood in the time machine had shifted from utter chaos to complete calm. Lambden glanced around, trying to make sense of what had happened. He put a hoof to the wool on his head. There were no hives. Next to him, two ferrets were curled up, snoring. Wasn't there only one ferret there before? Lambden wondered. Guests, I hope you enjoyed that completely planned, full sensory experience. Lambden saw Mouse and Squirrel exchange a meaningful look, but they said nothing. Our team of uh, scientists has determined that inducing extreme itchiness can prepare a creature for a more restful sleep. It sounds counterintuitive, but it is important to leave such things to the experts as they know best. Wilfred, the research scientist, opened his mouth to speak, but the moose continued. Now then, Mouse has helpfully taken us back in time to before those pesky monitor tabs induced that profoundly helpful state of agitation. Of course, Lambden realized. They'd traveled back in time. The animals in the cabin visibly relaxed into their seats, even sleepier than at the outset of their journey. Since you've already had a glimpse at our first two performances, let's skip ahead to our last show. Mouse? Mouse tapped something into her keypad. Time travel in progress. Time travel in progress. Time travel in... Time travel completed. Lambden barely saw the performance. After the Great Itch incident, his energy was sapped. The last thing he saw was a dazzling light show over a lake. The lights were like fireworks, but they behaved more like lasers, tightly controlled by an unseen force. The last thing he heard was the moose mentioning something about the future. Lambden's mind quieted. Lambden rubbed his eyes. Morning sun streamed in the open window. Lambden shifted and felt something crinkle beneath him. He turned and found a paper with the sleep crew letterhead at the top. He yawned and read it to himself. Thank you for voyaging through the ages with us. On the sleep time machine. We are profoundly grateful for your presence on this boundary-breaking sleep adventure. 
and as a favor to you, we've included a template for a sleep experience testimonial to provide you with an outlet for the praise you are surely anxious to share with the broader sleep community. Feel free to include any or all of the adjectives listed below in your glowing review of the sleep time machine. You're You're welcome in advance. Huh. Lambden scanned the paper. There was a long list of suggested adjectives. Resplendent. Luminous. Lambden smirked to himself. Itchy? He folded the paper. It could wait. The clock on the wall told him he had some time before school. He could live in the moment a bit longer. you loved this story and I hope you loved how much sense it made because I can assure you it made total sense. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house technical director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. You can visit my website, www.littlestoriestinypeople.com to find t-shirts, my picture books, and more. I am thrilled to share that my brand new Little Hedgehog picture book is available now. Find it by visiting www.littlestoriestinypeople.com forward slash books or by searching for Little Hedgehog Goes to School on Amazon. If you do purchase the book, I would be so honored if you would leave a review. Thank you to the extremely talented listeners who provided sound effects for this story. Thank you to Indy, Fern, Aria, Olive, Pico, Felicity, Antonio, Camaria, Zuzu, Maggie, Baya, Simone, Shiloh, Kinsley, Annie, Bo, Liam, Tyra, Beatrice, Jasper, Jameson. Oh, I, I think that's it. Wait a second. This paper has a back. This page is double-sided, people. Okay, here we go. Thank you, Vivienne Grace, Lucas Killian, Esme, Noah, Rion, Owen, Caitlin, Adam, Ben, Hazel, Maddie, Mason, Sidra, Summer, Matthew, Leaf, Felix, Elia, Zoe, Everly, Saj, Sophia, Isley, Judy, Hugo, Simon, and Ezra Joy. And thank you, as always, for listening in.